Hello and welcome to another episode of Biomast. Um, thank you for tuning in. You're probably not listening to the stream because you're watching sports ball, as is Jay, who is not with us. But if you're catching us on the recording, uh, I want to thank you for downloading. Um, but yeah, so we've got a, a pretty good list of stuff, some news, some discussions, some review, uh, some stuff submitted from our listeners. So let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. I'm Zell. Um, I'm here. I'm a co-host on the show. I've been here for 140 two episodes now wow that's it i'm i'm, I'm still mm -hmm. here i'm kind of curious when, when when did bait actually come into the show with us i was just thinking that um uh let me look you can like but keep yeah, going. he's he's, keep going. he's iowa bait and he's looking to see when he joined the show and subsequently got trapped by us to somehow be drug on every weekend and do this shit so yeah uh Lee, I, you're up i i have the answer actually it is uh you do episode 49 um episode 49 is a distinct so it says in the in the summary for that it was a newcomer this week awa bait and this was before he was like even considered a host this is just like the first time he appeared on our show um and it's also notable because it's one of the few cases where we customize the the, the banner on the site um oh. because th this was the your daily deadpool episode yeah. and shows uh, like nyan cat with a pop tart like yes. out rainbows yes. with a Deadpool unicorn horn thing, and yeah. So actually, in well, episode one forty nine will be his one hundredth episode anniversary. But I mean, that's not like a hundred consistent straight through episodes; just a hundred episodes since he started. Right, right. Okay, all right, Livy, you're up. I'm up. Uh, I'm Livy. Um, I like to do blog things and play Final Fantasy. And if she disappears, she has. A sick child, so please forgive her if she drops off, and <laughs> we're left with awkward silence. So yeah, either either child aggro, I just fall over and dead myself. So whichever one comes first. Well, you are a white mage. That happens a lot. <laughs> All right, uh, and I'm Pokey Draven. I help host the show, write for the blog, uh, do the Twitch stream, and all that good stuff. So, uh, but yeah, let's get started. So we've got a couple things that kind of popped up this week for our film and entertainment segment. Uh, one of which I'll let Zell talk about because, yeah, Sharknado 5? I, I have nothing to say about this other than uh, it, it, actually, it actually exists. That's all you need to know. Like, is there anything more that you want to know about this, or does the fact that they're making a fifth Sharknado film tell you everything that you need to know? Yeah. Well, I we live in a world where they can... What? What's that? I want to know when that shit comes out, dude. They didn't state it's, it, they, they just said it was later this year. Lame. Once they, once, once they finish working on the next Transformers, they'll move over to Sharknado and finish that one up. <laughs> because, because we live in a world where they can keep making Transformer films, so it only seems natural that Sharknado would continue as long as Transformers does. Here's the thing, though. Uh, Sharknado doesn't annoy me. Like, Transformers annoys me on a deep, deep love. Sharknado? Nah. I, I think Sharknado works because it is so dumb and it's just it's not even trying to remotely be serious about yep. its stupidity yep. that you're, you're okay with it where transformers you're like really why just stop trying <laughs> it's mm -hmm. bad so yeah that's that's a thing we've got sharknado 5 um i'm not as familiar with the series as i think Livy is but uh yeah it, it's just it, if that's your thing i guess you can look forward to that in 20 2017 is sharknado 5. Is the main dude still going to be in it that was in the other four Sharknado movies? Uh, I believe so, and I, I guess this is going like, to be like a world-ending event this time, so 
you know. I thought the other thing was world ending. This is super world ending. This is like ultra, ultra Omega world ending Sharknado, like 2016 levels of Sharknado. Doesn't number four take place in space? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I, I, you know, I, I haven't watched them, so I, I can't. You <laughs> haven't? I've only seen like parts of it because I don't have TV, oh, so I'm just like, uh, yeah, okay. that's, that's the thing. Let's watch for five minutes while I get a glass of water and no, then I'll just leave no. the room. You got to sit through like the second one. Okay, yeah. This is coming from the guy um, who apparently has um, never had ramen before, so. <laughs> hey. Um, but yes, the it looks like the two, the the lead Ian Zierling and and of course Tara Reid are both in this movie. Yes. I'm going to go see it. I'm, I'm overjoyed. Yeah. Okay. Enough of that. <laughs> um, another trailer that came out uh, just a bit ago was Guardians of the, the next Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and that looks uh, kind of a lot of the same stuff, kind of what you would expect. But it was, you know, it, it, it doesn't need to convince me to go see it. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, new trailer. It does seem to clarify that they're uh, they're expanding the team a bit officially. Um, yes. It, yes. It looks like they're picking up Nebula, who had almost no role in the the previous movie um and uh, uh what's his face um um the guy with the arrow he was cool he's he's i don't in, remember he's, names he's, i remember yeah so he's the yeah, arrow it, things it yes. sounds yeah. like he's actually like part of the team in this one yeah they, they had a, a character title block pop up for him so it seems like that's gonna be the direction they're going with it which is is good stuff he was a fun character so looking forward to that one uh and Pirates of the Caribbean. This is actually this is a, this is a pretty good trailer. Um, since the other one was was pretty short, but I, I think this kind of gave a better a better um, look at kind of the overall scope of what's going on. Yeah, the the first Pirates trailer that we talked about was really just a just a teaser, and this is really their first full trailer for it. Um, there was actually there was a lot of shoddy movie trailers. Um, the like today there was um, I was looking through, and they did like you know they had new spots for for John Wick and. Um, uh, Ghost in the Shell and a couple others, and they just they weren't any different than uh, than what we talked about the last couple weeks. So there's really you know they're just there. The Logan trailer was like they they put it to Amazing Grace instead of a Johnny Cash song, but that's that's it. There was no new footage or anything. Yeah, it felt like a uh, well, it's the Super Bowl, so we're just gonna put out a trailer that's slightly different than the other ones, but we aren't gonna really you know go through the effort of making a whole new one with new footage. So, you know, there are a lot of trailers probably worth checking out, but nothing that's really worth discussing um, just because it's a lot of the same stuff, just a little bit different. Um, and my, my favorite commercial, I just want to throw this in there for the Super Bowl, uh, is uh, there's a Febreze commercial, and I think it's fantastic. Um, I recommend it. They have an extended version of it on, on YouTube. Uh, watch it. Since it basically spoofs all the other feel-good commercials that usually are popping up. Because we can be brought together by, you know, the bathroom break. It, it's it's pretty funny. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, the, like I said, there, there's just a couple things for, for trailers to kind of check out and take a look at. Um, we won't get too much into it, but uh, yeah. So let's move ahead to kind of the, the gaming news, which is kind of the, the bigger chunk of stuff. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's been a while since we've done one of these, but it looks like someone else has died from playing Pokemon Go. Um, <laughs> this time it was a, an elderly gentleman, I believe, who was playing the game to kind of 
uh, bond with his grandkids. And while details are kind of unclear, it seems that he was in a park and was caught in an altercation with local security and was shot and killed. Um, I, I can't imagine what the hell was going on, but you know that it, he was playing the game and, and that's why he was out and about at the time. So it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's good to see that these have kind of died down and not as frequent as they were, but it's still just insane to think that this stuff is happening. Oh shit. I know where that is. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. We used to live like 20 minutes away from that. That's a, oh, that's a nice park. Oh really? So it's not even like it's yeah. a scary neighborhood. It, it's, it, just, it's not huh. even like, no, it's not, it's not really in the ghetto or, or anything like sketchy. Damn, dude. Hey, we should have a thing now. Each week on the show, we probably should have had this earlier, where we just go through the, the mentionable Pokemon Go deaths. That's <laughs> so morbid. I, I think we could do a little better with this show. I, I, I hope we can do better with this show. <laughs> no fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's pretty morbid, but, you know, it, it is... Luckily, like I said, it, it's died down a lot. So, yeah. you know, it's it's hopefully a, a short list of, of people that are dying from, from playing a, a video game, which is, is pretty sad. Um, but yes, that, that was kind of a minor one. Another one that, that popped up that I, I did kind of want to talk a bit more about was there was a new Nintendo Switch trailer. And I, I felt that this one, it took quite a bit different tone, I think, than the previous Switch trailers we had seen. Um, the others focused a lot on the hardware and, you know, oh, here's a little gadgets and stuff that you can clip together and it was all kind of confusing we, we kind of talked ad nauseum about it um but this one seemed like it, it was more focused on, on kind of a broader picture of you know you can you can wake up in bed and kind of reach over your bedside table and pull out your your switch and then play a game and then it kind of shows him making breakfast um playing the game and then he, he walks over to his, his console and snaps it into place and then he starts playing on the tv and, and that's kind of the theme that the the trailer had and i, I feel like Nintendo might have been a little spooked by the reception of those initial trailers that were a little more complicated, where they're showing all the crazy, you know, clip this together and that together. Um, and I think in this case, they're, they're looking at like, okay, they're, they're just trying to showcase very broadly the portability versus the home console um, aspect of it. And I think that's actually probably uh, a better direction to take it simply because it it is easier to swallow. And honestly, I think that the way that they presented it in this trailer is much more likely how people will actually use it um, in the real world rather than all the crazy shit they were showing in the, in the initial one. So I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on it, on, on the trailer and, and, you know, the, the hardware as a whole and, and kind of get, get what you guys think on it. Super intrigued just to see how, how, you know, how well it, it does going from a, a handout to a, to a home console. I did find it interesting though that you know in the trailer the kid goes and he snaps the 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 screen into the into the main console and then they show the uh, was it the pro controller or whatever that looks like a, a normal controller controller mm-hmm. instead of just the the joy cons or joy sticks or whatever they are. Yeah, and I think that's that's in part them showing off the pro controller, but I think again that that's that's what people are going to want to play on. I don't I don't buy that most people are going to want to play on those Joy-Con controllers with a little battery pack. They they they, they look goofy and very uncomfortable for me. Uh, do you think you're going to pick this one up, Bait? Or I mean, are you, are you eyeing oh, this console, or are you going to kind of no, keep no. away from it? No, I'm going <laughs> to keep away from. It. Like, I don't know. If anything, I'll I'll get one uh, when they like Christmas maybe when they're like dirt cheap because they're already what they're what like three hundred three fifty. They won't drop in price, price much. They start really low and they stay pretty huh. pretty much where they are. I mean, the Wii U has not dropped in price. I don't think at all since its release. 
I'll get a refurbished one then. Actually, you you better hop on that because I think I read somewhere that they are officially ending production of the Wii U um, very soon, if not already. Yeah, I'll just get a refurbished Switch or something. If yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I worry about hardware durability um, in this case for, for you stuff um, because it is a portable portable console. You know, it's it's something that you kind of have to keep in mind. And I'm not really sure how well it's going to hold up. Nintendo products are usually pretty tough, but, uh, you know, like I said before, it's got a lot of small moving parts in it and it could get could get messy pretty quick. Nothing survives any like, like nothing will survive the apocalypse like Game Boy Color. Those will still all work. I still have my original Game Boy, like the old gray brick thing. It's still and it works. In great and it condition. Works. And it oh works. yeah, totally. That's the thing. That that stuff did not break. That like really, I think the DS Lite was when they started to become kind of more typically fragile. Um, I've got a couple DS broken DS lights lying around. Um, but man, those old Nintendo devices. Yeah, I mean, as soon as they started introducing the hinges in in the, the things, it, it got a little a little sketchier because you couldn't have the the brick type, you know, Nokia style um, <laughs> gaming pad. But uh, overall, I, I think Nintendo products actually hold up pretty well. I don't feel like I have to coddle it like I do like my my PSP or my Vita, where I have it like in a you know bomb proof case because I'm afraid if I drop it, it's going to shatter into a million pieces. I think that Nintendo knows that their clientele is typically going to be maybe not younger but at least people who have small children who might want to you know hop on and play it and they kind of have to keep it to a higher standard so it doesn't you know get shattered because nothing survives a five-year-old um unless it's built to survive a five-year-old so um that's that's it'll probably be okay but again it's kind of one of those things i i always look for especially when you're buying um used hardware Alrighty, so moving along let's um, Elite Dangerous, and and this is this is kind of interesting because it, it does um, parallel Star Citizen a bit, I think. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of pull Zalan on this one. But uh, one of the big uh, features of Star Citizen toted was multi-crew ships, basically multiple players operating the same ship, um, running different systems. One person flies, you got a gunner, a person who handles shields or whatever stuff, something like that. And Elite Dangerous has announced that they are adding. Um, multi-crew ship support for the game and i, I kind of read up on it. i don't play elite dangerous but i did kind of kind of read up on it. it it seems um a little different i think it, it probably falls outside the realm of typical gameplay um they described this kind of a hop you know hop in and out sort of thing where you've got like your multi-crew ship somewhere and you can effectively teleport from wherever you are to the ship and everyone can kind of hop in there's no convoluted like you have to meet up on the same station or whatever and, and board the ship together it's kind of a you just hop in it and go um and, and there's kind of some mixed reception about that and i kind of understand i mean when you have an existing game mechanic of where you know your location is very important and you go ah, well now you can teleport um that, that can kind of throw some people off, but at the same time, I think that for, in my personal opinion at least, when you have this kind of system that's kind of far outside what you're used to in the typical game, um, which is multiplayer, but you're still one person per ship, um, it does kind of help to ease that transition when you can just kind of pop in and out and, you know, it, it at least gets the thing working um, rather than having to fight with clunky, you know, uh, grouping mechanics and stuff like that, because a lot of games have been ruined by that sort of thing. And you can't use it to, like, teleport your character, because if you jump back out of that ship, you're now back wherever you were. It's it's kind of it's not much different than you being an NPC, you know, flying on their ship, except for the fact that you can actually, you know, play it, um, you know, wherever you are. Um, and I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's it's been interesting because, of course, 
Um, uh, Elite Dangerous is adding many of the same features that Star Citizen has is been building as as kind of their their default buildings that buildings that they said is kind of part of the core game. Whereas Elite Dangerous said, "Here's our game that does this basic thing," and then they've since added a bunch of the the other features. Um, so you know that's cool. I mean, it's it's weird to me though because it still is. You know, it's not like like the thing that I find the coolest about a game like Star Citizen is the fact that you can walk around that ship and you still can't. You know, um, Elite Dangerous has this cockpit locked game mode essentially. So you know, you're you're either in the cockpit. Or you're in, you know, whatever second or third seats that, you know, and even if you disembark from the ship to, you know, rove around on a planet, then your cockpit transfers into, into a little rover thing. But no matter what, you're always sitting in a cockpit. And that's kind of why it's a lot easier for them to build that game. And it's why, um, the, the VR works well in that game as well, because there's no walking around. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's kind of an interesting approach. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that you, you've kind of got two sides of the coin. You've got the uh, Star Citizen approach where it's the we want to do everything ever, um, insane scope creep, walking around, and all this other crazy stuff. And it's, it's very cool. You know, it's very cool um, when it works. And then you have games like Elite where it's still a, a space simulator. And you're still, it's like a dogfighter simulator where you're, you're actually in the cockpit, like you said, flying around. Um, but it doesn't have all that extra stuff. And it's much more of a focused, you know, we want to do this small group of things very very well rather than you've got star system where we want to do this massive spread of things and we want to do it very well but we aren't really sure how long it's going to take to do it um and there's something to be said about actually releasing a, a fully playable game and then adding on to it rather than trying to basically bundle in all dlc into the game before you release it which is kind of what star citizen is doing so i mean it, it's two different approaches um but yeah, I, I thought it was it was interesting that they they got this in here, and, and you kind of wonder if it's uh, in response to Star Citizen or something that they had planned to do all along. And I'm again, I'm not versed in the I think they talked about so. it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I a think natural progression that you'd, you'd want to do. Yeah, I mean, shit. When they released the trailer for the bridge simulator for Star Trek, everyone pretty much creamed their pants over it because holy shit, multiple people on the bridge is you know it's something you you haven't seen up until now really in. in you know, you know, an actual serious game like this. So it, it, that sort of thing is, is certainly appealing to people in, in kind of the direction I think a lot of these sort of games are moving toward. It's also kind of fun because you can then have um, systems that are much more complicated and, and perhaps we'll say more realistic that one human being certainly could not handle on their own and would typically be replaced by NPCs that would do those additional jobs for you. But in the case of the you know, multi-crew, you could actually have other human beings performing those tasks. And it, it does add a level of depth and of, to the gameplay and stuff. And, you know, it, it does keep it interesting. So that's, that's it's neat. Um, I, again, I don't play the game, but it, it is fun to kind of see how the stuff evolves over time. Anything else on that before we move along? Cool. Uh, so Overwatch, um, always kind of hopping around in, in the news here. Uh, Overwatch had a new set of ban waves, and these are some of the biggest ban waves we've seen so far. Um, the first wave was about 10,000 people, 10,000 accounts um, from South Korea. Apparently the chain is absolutely abhorrent there, uh, so that, that's been a real issue. Uh, wave 2 was about 1,500 Chinese accounts. Um, and then the most recent one that came out just a couple of days ago was uh, another 7,038 accounts. I mean, you're, you're seeing massive, massive waves of, of bans uh, coming through Overwatch. And, you know, I can really see um, 
I, I can really see that they are cracking down as hard as they possibly can. I mean, they're, they're really pushing to kind of make this be a, a frontline competitive esport. They, they really have to be on top of it. And with that comes, you know, the, the drive to cheat, but also the need to kind of squash it. So, um, yeah, that, that's absolutely absurd. Like, you're, you're talking almost um, 10,000 accounts there um, in the course of like a couple of weeks of, of accounts being banned. Yeah, I mean, they've they, Blizzard's always been pretty good at this. Um, they're they have you know years and years of experience with with World of Warcraft making uh you know running their own anti cheat systems as opposed to uh you know implementing like a a, a side add on like Punkbuster or VAC. So I you know it's it's not surprising to me that they're pretty darn good at this. You will get caught if you cheat, and we will laugh at you. The the salt about being caught is is always pretty hilarious. <laughs> Have you experienced um, cheating firsthand, or at least noticeably? Or... No, no, I have not. I mean, bear in mind, too, is a lot of this, as you said, was South Korean and Chinese accounts, and Overwatch, at least to some degree, surely uh, regionally, um, you know, groups people for for uh, performance reasons. Obviously, we couldn't have this smooth game if I was playing against people in South Korea or China. So um, I, I don't think there's really been, it's been really bad here. Um, and you got to bear in mind the total of these three waves that we're talking about is less than twenty thousand accounts, and you know they have over twenty five million. So that's fair. I mean, that's uh, I do forget how how massive this game is and how many people actually play it. But yeah, so another kind of Overwatch related uh, piece of news is that um, correct me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but Lucio is. Uh, support class from overwatch and he's actually made his way over to uh heroes of the storm as a playable character and i'm pretty excited about this lucio's fun he's just a fun character he's he's got some of the best personality they've they've thrown in a character in a long time it's uh it's interesting kind of looking through some of the skills and stuff and and you've actually spoken about this before that the characters and their abilities from overwatch actually translate extremely well over to heroes of the storm it seems like they've actually kind of maintained that in this one as well it's it's impressive that their game design is is clean enough that it actually works on a fairly consistent basis. Well, I mean, it, you know, it is a first-person shooter. We've always talked about um, Overwatch being a very MOBA-style game, almost. And, and, you know, characters in Overwatch have, you know, three or four abilities, give or take. And, uh, you know, that, that maps very well to the MOBA's QWER, you know, design standpoint, where they have, you know four buttons to do most of the abilities that character gets. Um, so it, it, it does, it just, it translates very well because they, they both, both types of games focus on a very limited set of skills. Obviously you can't translate, um, you know, if you take a World of Warcraft character where, where a World of Warcraft class is like 30 or 40 different spells, you're going to have to pick and choose what makes it into, into Heroes of the Storm. But when you're bringing from Overwatch, you don't. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's actually really good for their, their, um, their identity, right? So, I mean, like, you know, they, they you've seen these, these maneuvers that, that Blizzard's been making recently, and it's all just really tying together quite well. Um, and, and you can tell that it, it works when you can you know, pick up a game and, and you, you'll see characters from one game or things from another game uh, working in the other way. You, you can actually, you know, take the kind of play that you're used to it and play in a different game, and it's still going to work the way you kind of expect. And overall, I think that, you know, it's just... For, for Blizzard, it's, it's just great for their players that they can actually kind of have this not necessarily connected universe, but the way that it's linked in, in that sort of way um, makes for some, some really good engaging gameplay, and it's good for their brand. Uh, anything else on that before we move along, Tom? Nope. Tell us how you failed to get a beta key. 
I failed to get a beta key. So um, last week we talked about Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands, and I did sign up for the beta. I had been signed up for the beta, but I unfortunately did not receive a beta key to actually try the game out, um, which sucks because I did honestly want to give it a fair shot. Um, I have, however, been reading up on recent uh, reviews of it, and it is as I feared. It seems to suffer from a lot of the open-world problems that these games have, where it's it's it feels almost like a let's goof around in this giant sandbox rather than actually having a compelling, you know, tight-knit style of gameplay, which is, you know, unfortunate. Um, and, and again, that's just the reviews I have read. I, I personally haven't tried it yet because I was able to get a beta key, but um, if there is an open beta, I will most definitely give it a shot and report back. Um, if not, I will probably not be buying this on release and probably have to rely on post-release um, reviews to decide I want to pick this up or not, um, which is unfortunate because you know, like like the division, I was very hyped for it, and then you know was was left fairly disappointed, and, and this is kind of along the same thought line. So I'm quite reluctant to actually hop on it without giving it a proper shot, um, and even with reviews, I'm I'm not sure I, I want to get on it or not. So we'll, we'll have to see. But, you know, again, if, if uh, open beta does pop up, I will definitely hop in there. Uh, we'll, we'll drag Livia in as well and then probably get Jay and we'll, we'll give our thoughts on, on Ghost Recon Wildlands. So, uh, sorry about that. I, I had hoped to, to kind of come back with, with my, my personal thoughts this week, but that's just not going to happen. Uh, another beta that is coming up, I have signed up for, but have yet to receive. No, actually, it's an open beta, right? So it, it's um, for Honor, which is one we kind of talked about last week as well. Um, this is the uh, medieval knights versus samurai versus Vikings um, kind of melee combat game that's uh, that's going to be coming out um, in a while here. But uh, yeah, the beta for that is actually going to be starting uh, February 9th through the 12th. That'll be an open beta, um, so I, I will. Again, try to hop in on that one, um, assuming no issues, and uh, give my thoughts on that. But again, uh, I think we kind of talked about it a bit last week. I'm a bit concerned, especially with the way they've set up their networking. It's all peer-to-peer networking. There doesn't seem to be dedicated servers, which is a little scary. Um, because pretty much all of my experiences with peer-to-peer network games has been pretty bad, um, just from latency issues and, and all sorts of things. So we'll give that one a shot, um, give it a fair a fair review, and, and we'll get back to you on that. So that's uh, the 9th to the 12th, like I said, so this week, and we'll, we'll get back to you next week on that one. So um, one thing that I, I have been trying to get through um, and in time has been an issue, but uh, Final Fantasy XV, um, this is one that we've, or I've talked about for, for pretty in length, and it did come out you know quite a while ago, but I did finally finish the story. So I did want to give my my thoughts on on at least that part. I haven't gone through all of the post game secret dungeons or anything like that yet. Um, I just got the flying car, so we'll, uh, I've been playing around with that. But I want to give my thoughts on the story, and, and Lydia can probably join in as well because she watched me play pretty much the entire game. So um, I will say that in the one sentence view of the game is that Final Fantasy XV is kind of an unfinished masterpiece. Um, it is very very good the parts of the game that you have. However, it becomes very apparent, particularly around the latter third of the game or so, which kind of translates out of a open world setting into a more of a linear setting that they had planned for this game to be quite a bit more than it actually was. Um, there's a lot of plot points that they kind of introduce and then they just fall flat. There's a lot of stuff that they um, showed in tons of trailers, even gameplay and stuff like that, and just nothing came of it. Um, 
overall, I think that the game felt complete. Like, I felt like I got a full story out of it. I wasn't, I didn't feel like the game was too short or didn't have enough content, but I felt like in terms of world building, it just wasn't there. Like, there was so much more they could have done with it. And I'm not sure if that was a, you know, they ran out of time or they are leaving it open for DLC or whatever. Um, So while I was satisfied with the experience I got, I was also very frustrated because it was like, Okay, this character is really, you know, really badass. I, I want to know more. Um, but uh, you know, they, they still do anything with it, and it's like, okay, um, I'd hope I'd see more of that character. But you know, it just that was it. You see him once, and, and it's over. Um, there's another character that I won't spoil anything, but they just show up randomly dead. You're like, okay, I saw him eight chapters ago, and there's a there's a confrontation, and then something happened to him at some point in the story and that's it, you know, um, it's just never explained. And, and so I, I overall, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I won't go over, you know, the combat and stuff like that because I, I covered that before, but in terms of story, it, it felt satisfying, but ultimately incomplete. And I, I do hope that they are capable of, of, you know, it, it, and the thing is, I'll actually pay for it. Like if they want more story DLC or prequel DLC, I mean, I will buy, I'll buy it because I, I felt like I, I got your your mic is almost completely gone. I just want to no. let you okay. know that. You'll have to stall. I restart then. Sorry, guys. We apologize for that. Pokey is trying to order all the cup noodle he can, uh, so that he can get that two foot plastic fork. Um, I guess if you didn't see that, uh, uh, who is it that's doing it? Fucking Final Fantasy uh, Fifteen is partnering with the Cup Noodle Corporation. Uh, um. Uh, I guess the cup noodle is going to make some uh, some some cups that have villains from from Final Fantasy uh, on the on the cup, and uh, my God, um, and so you get a code for this two foot fork. Okay, it's a fully functional fork, and that, in my opinion, is that part about it. It's two foot long, fully functional fork. It's a fully, yeah. Like, what is a not fully functional fork? Let me ask you that. It's like if it looks like a fork, can you not use it as a fork? You know, you haven't seen it, a kid's fork, then, have you? Yeah, I just best if it doesn't twist. If you can't eat spaghetti with it properly, <laughs> if you can't twirl, it, then it is not a fully functional fork. Okay, did you did you actually find out? Because I know you asked before the show is it dishwasher saying you know no i have uh, <laughs> i don't think it will be though there's no way that that thing is dishwasher safe um and so I, they're only going to make 30 of these of these forts and pokey really wants one, and i really want one and neither of you are going to get one unless you guys do some epic <laughs> no, ebaying for real and you um, decide that you would rather have this fork on e- off of ebay than a car <laughs> I have a car in the lunch talking. But you I may have to sell that car to get the fork. Zell, sometimes you have to do what you have to do for a two foot long fork. It looks like, uh, I guess it looks like a sword in the game. I don't know anything about Final Fantasy, so excuse my ignorance, purists. You can get, there's a, I guess there's a, a Final Fantasy boss collection noodle set that you can buy for $53. And it has two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, like seventeen cups of ramen uh, in it for fifty-three dollars. I swear this fork, though, guys. Okay, I think I'm back. Hey, we just, got, we just got done talking about the fork. 
You got done talking about the Ultima Fork, which is the coolest thing ever. I mean, what else were we going to talk about? So we talked about the it's fork. It's true. It was it, a good segue the, the, the Ultima Final Fantasy. <laughs> well, I think he probably it, it, wants it is, to actually go back to the Final Fantasy now that we can hear him. Yeah. No, that's that's fine. Yeah, unfortunately, when Dante, my brother, is playing games, I think my, my dad's probably streaming something, the, the bandwidth in my house actually just literally takes a shit and melts. Um, and it just gets progressively worse as things go on because I'm doing too much at once. But I do apologize for that. I'm trying to look for a solution to get that fixed. But uh, so, yeah, um, I, I won't I won't dial too much more on, on the review of 15. But overall, um, I was frustrated with the game, but I also enjoyed it. I just want to know more. And if they're willing to put out more content, I will gladly pay for it. Um, but luckily they are putting out a lot of free patches um, starting on February 21st. So um, this month they're going to be patching uh, in particular one, one chapter of the story, chapter 13. If, if you're familiar with the game, you know, which chapter I'm talking about. Um, the gameplay changes a lot from what, the rest of the game is like um, just for that particular chapter. It's, it's very jarring and, and a little uncomfortable. Um, and that's also where some of the, the story stuff kind of falls apart. Um, so they're actually going back and, and patching in fully voiced cutscenes to kind of explain some of the plot holes that, that were particularly connected to that chapter and, and then get that, that thing fixed. So I'm, I'm looking forward to actually going back and, and hopefully being able to see what they do without having to replay the whole game again. Um, but then they're going to continue on to kind of support and patch stuff and, and add what they can. Uh, there's also some paid DLC coming out, which kind of goes over some... Uh, you get to play as the um, party members, because throughout the game you, you play only play as one of the characters, but there's three people with you. Um, these paid DLCs will have kind of... Uh, you get to play as each of these characters by themselves um, in their own little bit of story that is... Uh, if you play the game, there's there's particular sections where characters will kind of disappear for a little bit and come back because they have to go you know do something. Um, so it's, it's probably following you know what they're doing during those time periods. So they they kind of planned ahead for that one. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's all included in the season pass, which is um, currently available. Uh, but yeah, mostly the world building is kind of where it falls apart for me. Like there's, it's there. They could do more with it, and I hope they do. Um, but it did leave me a little frustrated. Either way, um, I'd give it a solid nine out of ten um, in terms of of overall quality. It's it's just it's a very enjoyable experience. Um, some of the the plot stuff is a little frustrating, but overall it's really solid. Um, I'm looking forward to see how they support it moving forward with, with updates and, and whatnot. So um, good stuff. And I, I do highly suggest it for people who are maybe even new to the series. Um, you don't have to play any other games to, to really enjoy this. It's not your typical turn-based, you know, all stand in the line attack, like some of the other Final Fantasy games you've seen. Um, so it, it is really a, a, a game that is good for veterans and new players alike. Um, but as as you guys were talking about while I was away, uh, the cup noodle thing. Um, and and I, I have to comment a bit about this. Um, you you obviously already talked about the actual um, promo, um, but this is this is pretty funny stuff for the actual in game thing. So normally I'm very annoyed by product placement in games, um, even like in movies too. It just it kind of irks me, and I, I get why they do it, but I usually find it's just annoying. But for Final Fantasy 15, they went out of their way to be kind of ridiculous with it, like. Camping is a big part of the game, so there's Coleman everywhere. Like every time you eat food, there's a Coleman plate. Um, and it's almost kind of like they they didn't try to shy away from the fact that there was product placement. They kind of embraced it. But I think the the cup noodle was probably the most important one um, because there was literally entire side quest dedicated to cup noodle, where it's like, hey, you know, I 
I, I love cup noodle. Your, your, your Gladio says to you, says knock this because I, I love cup noodle. We, we have to, you know, make it better. So we need to go kill this like 30 ton behemoth to get the meat to put in the cup noodle because I, I got to do this. And you're like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I can put saving my kingdom on hold while I go kill this behemoth for your ramen. Um, <laughs> so it, it's, it's normally it would annoy me, but for some reason it just, I, I kind of liked it. Like the game is, is goofy in that way. It's a very serious game, but there's parts of it that are just so weird that you kind of go with it. And the, and the cup noodle promo was, was kind of, you know, one of those, a good example of that, right? Just kind of went, okay, yeah, let's, let's go get some meat for the cup noodle because that's, yeah, I, I kind of want to do that now. Um, and then they took it as far as they had trailers for the game. And then there's the cup noodle version of the trailer. And this is officially done. Like they, they changed the models out in the game and whatnot to put cup noodle in everything. I mean, this there's a scene in the original trailer where they're, they're driving the car down the road, kind of walking alongside it. And then there's a cup noodle version where they have like 500 cup noodles piled in the back seat and they're just falling all over the place. Um, it, it's stupid, but it is, is very enjoyable. And I think this cross promotion with the whole boss collection where they're selling different kinds of cup noodle with Final Fantasy bosses on it. And then you can get in this raffle to win, you know, one of these 30 Ultima sword forks. It's stupid, but it's, it, you, you kind of want it because it, it is so dumb and, and brazen. So I, I got to give them props for, for their, their marketing, their marketing for this game has been over the top, absolutely insane, you know, well beyond anything you're normally used to, but it kind of works in a weird sort of way. So big props to them on that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if I can order some, uh, some boss collection cup ramen and, and, and get it to my house so we can we can enter in and, and maybe get an official biomass ultimate fork. So I'm looking forward to that. If we win, can we mail it around to each other? Use it for like, I don't know, three or four months per person. You and want to share custody of the, of the fork? Yeah. <laughs> the, the brotherhood I, we, we, of the we, traveling we, fork. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It can be a blog series. You can, you can take the fork around your hometown and take pictures with it. <laughs> and then, and then, and then Bate can finally have his ramen with, with, the giant and this thing's like two feet long. I don't know if you guys hey, covered that, but it's a yeah, it's a big yeah. fork. Like it, it's a fucking sword. Does it fold up? Like where are you gonna put it? This just, just you carry it on your back. Like you, if, <laughs> if you're gonna have a two foot fork, you don't shove that in a drawer. You put that in a display case, and then you open it. Because bear in mind, this thing's not dishwasher safe, so you got to hand wash. We're gonna oh, assume so. No, I'm assuming right now. Oh. So you're going to, like, hand wash this thing, you're going to polish it, and then you're going to place it very carefully in its very own display case on the wall. <laughs> and, and and then uh. when it's time to eat, you, 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 uh, you know, approach your shrine of the, uh, of the, uh, two-foot long fork, and you, you carefully remove it so that you can eat. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I just, I love this shit. Like, it's so stupid, but it's like, I, I kind of want that now. We were talking about it before the show, and I was like, so yeah, here's this fork. And Bate was like, I need that fork. <laughs> like, no idea what it is. You just, you want this thing because it's so, it's so epic and stupid, so. Dude, I don't even like Final Fantasy. Yeah, I have never played Final <laughs> Fantasy game, we'll say. And I want the fork. He's never played Final Fantasy. He's never had fucking ramen. And he needs a Final Fantasy ramen <laughs> fork because it's a fucking sword. Yeah. It's too foot long, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Enough about that one. Um, 
so let's let's move on to kind of our our freebie games for the month. So I'm I'm gonna handle the uh, the PS4 ones, and we'll have Bay talk about the Xbox ones. So uh, PS4, uh, PS3, and, and Vita. Uh, so the free games, if you have PS Plus, or if you don't want to call them free because you pay for it, the games that come with with PS Plus this month. How's that? Um, so Little Big Planet three, that's PS4. Uh, Not a Hero is also PS4. Um, Star Wall, which is PS3 and PS4. I think it's kind of one of those cross-buy ones. Is where that like, if you is buy that like one, a space narwhal or something? I'm trying to figure out what that is from the title. Better be. I'm, I'm not even sure, but now I want to know. That better be a space narwhal or I'm going to be disappointed. Space whales, yes. Okay. Um, Anna, the extended edition is PS3. Uh, Ninja. It is. Yeah. It is. Yes, it is. What? It's an epic novel it, a... battle in space. Oh, that is what, oh, it is. That is what it is. Okay. okay. I, I haven't there we played go. it. I probably never will, but I give it my highest recommendation and praise right now. Go play Star Wall. <laughs> ten out of ten. IGN ten out of ten. Out of 10. Okay. M- m- maybe that's the one I'll play, and then I'll do a review of it next next week, and you can all find out how epic uh, Star Wall is. <laughs> Well, I mean, I tell you, IGN, this this lady from IGN says it's one of the best multiplayer games of the year. So, Like every game that IGN reviews? Even the single-player one? <laughs> Basically. Okay. I love their website, though. Yeah, it's, it is it is pretty nice. Their reviews, I, I don't really follow their reviews. I go elsewhere for that. But for, for their website and their, and their news, and, and even just their articles, um, are, are pretty solid. Oh, no, I'm at the Starball website. Fuck the IGN website. Oh, the Starball website. Yeah, oh, Starball, okay. Starball website's fucking dope. Look at that! It's got lightning going down the side. It's, it's like a like an '80s arcade, uh, like a sci-fi '80s arcade uh, uh, ad, uh, advertisement, I guess. Okay. Oh, oh, oh! It's on Steam too. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It is multiplayer, and wow. Okay. You could put like okay, a jority visor on your your star wall. I mean, there's like all sorts of customizations, and oh, I saw dude. a jority visor in here. You and Jay need to stream this game. This 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 kind of looks like um, Far Cry Three Blood Dragon, yeah. but with whales, yeah, with narwhals, okay. dude, <laughs> with with narwhals <laughs> and bounce pads and lava it's like and tw- hearts. It's twelve bucks on on Steam. This it's is not I a know, cheap game. That's so, a, you're getting it's a, that good. You're getting a good deal on the the PlayStation thing. It's For it's, real. it's quote unquote free. Um, I know people lose their shit when I call PS Plus free, but it, it's yeah, that's um. <laughs> That <laughs> you can get a cupcake for your narwhal. Okay, um, <laughs> so 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 Star Wall is on PS3 and PS4. Um, Anna, the extended edition is PS3. Uh, Ninja Senkai DX is on PS Vita and PS4. If you're one of the poor saps who bought a Vita, and uh, Torque L is also on PS Vita and PS4. Um, <laughs> Zell is Zell is putting in the show notes that Star Wall on Steam is the best game ever. That was not me. All that right. was bait. Oh, is that bait? Okay, still yeah. the best that was game not ever. me. Look at the underlining. Still the best game. Oh, you're right. You're right. That is green. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe I'll get some stream footage of this one. We'll we'll, we'll put it up oh, on the website. You can have it. Star Wall. Biomass play Star Wall. <laughs> All right. So so those are the games for for PS Plus for February. Um, I. Th- think if you are listening now, which I know you're not, um, the January games are still available. Um, but yeah, the February games will be available starting tomorrow on Tuesday the 6th. Alright, so baked Xbox games for Xbox Gold. Um, what's right. going on with those? Right, so if you're on Xbox right now, um, you can still pick up Killer Instinct Season 2, the Ultra Edition. Uh, that went out on... Oh, wait, 
No, you can't because it's not February 1st anymore. All right. So you can't pick up Killer Instinct. Um, but you can. Oh, wait, you can't. I'm sorry. Killer it says Instinct, Jan- yes. January 16th to February 15th. We are well within that, that field. I saw, I saw the one and I thought it was first. Dude, their their release times are fucked for their free games. It's so confusing. It's, it's, a not, lot of it, it, it's not really confusing. It's the uh, first half of the month for one game, and then the second half of the month for the other game. Get it for a month. But get it for a month. Yeah, but some some start in ja- some start in January and end in February. Like it's confusing. Yeah, they, I'm sorry. they have Go like ahead. they have like one that's from halfway through January to halfway through February. Yeah. One that's from halfway through February to halfway through March. They have uh, they have a game that goes. From the beginning of February to the end of February, and then they also have shorter available games that are each only available for the first half or the second half of the month as well. It's right, very, it, it is indeed very convoluted, bait, officially. No, those are the Xbox games. Anyway, anyway, uh, anyway. Killer Instinct, you can get that one. Um, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time is also available. Uh, I have seen uh, gameplay of that one. That one is, it's really interesting. Um, from what I gather, you are, uh, in a spaceship, there's two of you. I think it's a, I think it's a multiplayer game, and you have to navigate around space in this gigantic circular spaceship uh, and kill stuff. Uh, Monkey Island Two. I have not played Monkey Island, but uh, you should go play it and tell me how it is. Star Wars: The Force Unleashed is available uh, through the 16th of the month through the end of the month. That uh, game's really good. The 20th. Dude, that game's not, so it's, good. It's not new, but it is good. It is, it's it is so good. so good. Don't play the second one. Play the first one. Uh, second one's pretty terrible. And then Project Cars. Um, so, I think it's a racing game. Oh, I, I can imagine it has lots of cars in it. Yeah. And a project yeah. surrounding them. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the PS4 and the Xbox stuff going on. Um, well, all the PS4 stuff is, or PS3 and PS4 stuff is for February. Um, we'll try to get a list of the actual start and end times for the Xbox um, games on the website when you look in the description, since it's a little less uh, straightforward. Okay, so um, any other game-related stuff before we move into kind of our main discussion that was submitted by a, a listener? Anything else, guys? Okay. So this was actually submitted by Casual Care Bear. Um, he sends us emails every so often with uh, ideas and, and links and stuff. He actually sent us uh, last week a couple links to some free-to-play games that I have yet to, to check out yet, but we are working on that. Uh, but yeah, after this last show, he did send in a suggestion to talk about um, effectively the sentimentality that players have um, either towards a character or towards um, a game. And in the link that he actually shared was regarding someone who had played an MMO that was running for, I think, the better part of 17 years. In the video, it was just kind of him logging in and being there when the server went down and, and getting kind of um, choked up over it. And it was kind of interesting reading the comments because you kind of had people that fell into two categories. You had those who were like, oh, yeah, man, that sucks, you know, when, when uh, you know, games get shut down and, and you, know, you, get, you get attached to it and it's, you know, it's just, it's emotional. And then the other half, which was like, yo, man, grow up and, and be a man about it. It's just, it's just pixels, you know, why, why are you getting upset? And so I thought it was kind of an interesting topic because, um, you know, in a lot of games that I've played, there, there is kind of a level, at least for me personally, of, of attachment to a character or, or a game just in general or, or maybe a community or, or whatever. And I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts kind of a roundtable um, in terms of, you know, when it comes to games, do you get attached to your characters or do you kind of get emotionally involved in, in the games you play? How do you guys feel about it? It's 
it, it to me the big difference is um how much decision making you have in the character and and how you know how much that ties to actual emotional development of the character like i have i have characters that i've played on like world of warcraft i've had a character there for god i think it's been 10 years um but the thing is is you don't have any decisions that really emphasize who your character is so i don't really it's it's just a character in a game you know if i was gonna if i'm gonna come back i'm gonna play that character because it already has all my stuff but i don't have any any emotional attachment to the character i would even i would go so far as to say i would have more emotional attachment to like Shepard when playing mass effect if it wasn't for the fact that i used like the default appearance when i played and and didn't care all that much but i mean you get to make decisions in that character actually i will tell you i think the mo one of the most emotional moments for me in a game uh and spoiler alert from like five years ago but um uh in mass effect 2 when they uh, destroyed the normandy um that was that was very sad and i was i was kind of i was kind of wounded by that and and then they they gave me a, a prettier ship and i forgave them for it um but uh yeah, I mean, it it really depends how much you get to really customize and build that character as as a personality, not just an appearance. Appearance doesn't matter. Okay, that's fair. Um, what about you, Pete? Um, I, I'm kind of in the same zone. Um, like if I'm if I'm going to sit down and like uh and, and play like Fallout, for example, okay. For some reason, even though I took the time to, to you know, form the different aspects of my character's you know, physical appearance, even though I played the game in first-person mode the whole time, um, or, uh, or or their skills, or this, that, and the other, I don't really uh, get attached to them for some reason. Um, if it's one that uh, like that that I, that I make, I feel like I, I tend to get more attached to... Um, uh, to characters that are, that are pre-made for me, I guess. Um, uh, like in, um, oh shit, like the the Walking Dead games, for example, right? the Telltale ones. Um, you know, I I found myself getting very uh, emotionally attached to uh, to Clementine, the the main character in in season two and forward, um, and then I guess the the second the secondary main character in in the first season. Um, then than I did to like. You know, like I said earlier, something that uh, that I, I I made myself, if that makes sense. And I don't know, I don't quite know why that is, because you would think that you know you you took the time to to sit down and and make this this character in an RPG uh, something that that resembles you for a lot of people uh, physically, and and to to not get emotionally attached to something like that is is strange i guess if you if you think about it that's actually a pretty interesting point and i think it might be kind of a shortfall of of how those games have to work so uh fallout's a good example so when you create your character in fallout the intention is they want the character to be a blank slate you get to pick how they look what gender they are what their skills are sometimes even what their past was like um and it's it's meant to be very blank slate and you get to craft kind of what your avatar is going to be um but i think unfortunately that kind of becomes just an avatar it's just your your yourself being projected into the game world and because of that 
it's difficult for game developers to actually tie in meaningful relationships with the other characters in the game and your character. Um, just because it's it's trying to be as generic as possible in the base design that you can't get the kind of interaction you might have with, you know, say like Walking Dead, where they're, they're pre-made, but it's scripted effectively. Um, they're, they're, they've already crafted the story of these, these are how these people talk and they interact and they feel about this way about each other. And then when one of them dies or whatever, you're genuinely upset because you've empathized with all of those characters where I think in games like fallout um, it's, it's meant to be very generic. And I think that's kind of where you start to lose it because, you know, like in fallout four, for example, they, they, they basically, you know, push the, your character is very emotionally and understandably upset about the loss of um, their son and trying to find it. And that's, you know, that, that, that does carry some emotional weight behind it, but, but overall, you can play your character in a way which may not really make sense for that, and it, it kind of starts to fall apart. It's difficult to kind of make that work. I think Bioware games probably kind of find a medium where your the appearance is kind of, um, you know, that that's an avatar projection in, in you know, your, your skills and stuff. Your, your character creation is, of course, you know, your own creation. Um but they, they have kind of taken some more time, I think, to kind of have some more scripted interactions between the characters. And, and obviously kind of the, the relationship system is, is kind of a key focus of those kinds of games. And I think that lends itself to a little bit more of a, you know emotional experience. But again, it's scripted. It's not pre-made. You can't pick exactly what you're going to say to someone or how you're going to interact with them. You, you get to more or less pick from a series of options, which are you know branching, but usually kind of end up going the same direction overall. And, and you, you kind of lose some of that, you know, truly you know, player-generated avatar uh, feel to it in exchange for getting a more emotional experience. And I, I think that's kind of the halfway point um, where The Walking Dead would be the, you know, very emotional experience and Fallout would be the, the, the less one and then Bioware games kind of being in the middle somewhere. So and I, I tend to agree with you guys. I think that, um, and, and especially with Bait, you don't, I don't really get attached to... Um, like fallout characters like it's like eh, you know that's 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 upsetting but you've got pre-scripted things like final fantasy 15 i won't spoil anything but there's some stuff that happens in there that is truly tragic and i was you know kind of choked up like wow this is you know you, you get to know these characters and then various things happen it's like geez this is this is rough you know um and i find myself more attached to those characters than i do the ones i create myself which is kind of interesting and a, a bit paradoxical like you said but i think it also kind of comes down to what i discussed before yeah on the flip side of that though the second half of the of the i guess the topic you know talks about uh becoming sentiment towards like games i guess game series which happens for me uh more often <laughs> more often than i'd like to admit uh, i feel like yeah no i mean that's that's fair i mean a question that i actually would like to ask people and, and if you know if you're listening to this and you want to give your thoughts in the comments that would be sweet but uh i mean bait were you um logged in when dust went offline nope you weren't? Oh, you're nope. killing me. And I'm sure Bait nope. wasn't either. Or not Bait, uh, Zell. You, you weren't logged in either, were you? I was not. I was asleep. Okay. I was asleep. Okay. I was so I, I did stay up. I did stay up for the, the end of Dust. Um, and it was kind of interesting. Um, a lot of people were just kind of doing a battle. And, and this was like within with five minutes to go. Like, they weren't going to finish the fight. You know, it was it was pointless. Um, 
and they were doing the fight. And, and me personally, what I did, um, and like I look back now, and I think it's 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 actually a little strange, but at the time it felt very natural of a thing for me to do, is I I spawned into a match, and I was like, okay, it's it's Manus Peak. I fucking hate this map, but whatever. Um, and I walked up to a top of a hill, and I just stood there and watched the sunset. And it was just like, it's very quiet. I mean, I could see people fighting down in the distance. And I was just like, I just kind of want to sit here and, and look at this kind of cool landscape, you know, when it all ends. And um, I wasn't really choked up about it when the, the message came up that, you know, it's the connection to the server has been lost. It was just kind of like, well, okay, that's it. You know, that, that was the end of it. Um, but it was, it was interesting. Like I said, I look back now and it, it seems a little strange in, in retrospect, but at the time it was just like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to climb this mountain. I'm just going to watch the sunset. And, um, it was that kind of sentimentality that was, that was kind of interesting to me. Just kind of this, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm pulling myself out of the game space at that point. I'm just going to sit and enjoy kind of from a, a third person perspective, what all of this was, you know, throughout the course of, of the game running and and what it meant to me, and, and just kind of sat and thought about it, you know, because I mean, I I went through some 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 rough stuff um, throughout the course of, of closed and open and release of the game and and everything like that. So I mean, a lot of many years of my life um, that are actually pretty important were spent, you know, with dust as, as something that I would do to, you know, take my mind off things and. Um, and so, like I said, I wasn't tearing up over anything like that. Um, though I have done that for for you know story-driven games, but for this, it was just kind of like, yeah, just kind of sat back and, and and took a look at it and just kind of thought about the whole thing. And it was kind of uh, it was just interesting. And I, I was always curious on, on what people did. You know, I a lot of people grouped up with friends I know and ran around. And I just kind of wanted to be alone and just you know do my thing. So yeah, if you, if you guys um, who are listening want to put in the comments or whatever about what you were doing when you when dust went offline if you were online at the time um i'd actually really be interested to hear your your thoughts on that because I, I think it would be um it'd be good to know um zell i know i know you play a lot of mmos or at least you have have you ever played um uh an mmo that was, that was shut down not really um because i spent a lot of time on wow which is still going and going seems like it'll never die um but, uh, I mean, you know, you were definitely more attached to the game in the case of Dust than, like, your character, for example. Right, um, absolutely. And there are definitely nostalgic moments that I had playing WoW or other games um, that I would probably think about if they shut down. Certainly not the characters, though, in, in, especially in the case of MMOs, where they're just kind of stand-in um, for you. Um, but... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, the only game that I really kind of miss, I really never got to try. And I was always really sad that Tabula Rasa got shut down before I had a computer that could play it. Because it was like the first kind of MMO FPS out there. And I, I was kind of excited to try it. And I never got a chance. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's interesting stuff. And I mean, it's... Uh... Um, I, I think that think now that I'm thinking about, it, I think it's less so much the attachment necessarily to the game itself, but more about what you associate with it, or at least what. Um, I mean, in, in the end of the day, yeah, it is only pixels. But I mean, people get upset because it's it's not like maybe it's yeah, I, I can't play it anymore, and that sucks. But it's I don't think that that triggers necessarily an emotional reaction. I think it's more of you know what they did in the game with other people or what they were going through while they were playing the game, if it's like a long-running game. And I think that to, to 
to tell someone that, you know, oh, you should just man up and not be upset about it because it's, it's only pixels. I think it's, you're not really seeing the whole picture. I think that that for a lot of people, um, it's, it's not about the game. It's about what was surrounding it and, and kind of their headspace associated with it. So, and, and that's just kind of my personal thoughts on it. I think that, you know, regardless if you have been emotional about it or not, I think it's, it's kind of wrong to, to trash people for, for getting worked up about something. Cause I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, pretty, pretty heavy stuff that, that, that happens and, and people go through and, and is associated with gaming and stuff like that. I mean, um, there's an episode of uh, Extra Credits that I actually really like um, where one of the hosts talks about um, game addiction, and that's actually kind of a tearjerker because, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, this is some pretty heavy shit, and I think to, to kind of look down on people for, for getting worked up about it is, is is not appropriate. So that's just kind of my thoughts on it. Um, was there any other any other closing mark, remarks you guys wanted to, to put in about this? All right, guess not. Um so uh, any, anything else quick before we, we bring this one in for shout outs and, and kind of close it out. I know we're kind of going over the over, over the hour mark now, aside from me, uh, definitely trying star wall this, this week and, and reporting back on, on <laughs> Epic space, uh, whale combat. So Dude, I'm you, you uh, have to stream that game. Uh, I, will, I will stream or get recording of it. And, and I'll you watch will, it. You will see what, what star wall is all about. Maybe I'll, I'll drag Libby into it as well. And we can all try it out. So Perfect. Um, give our Perfect. thoughts on that. Um, but yeah, so let's go into shouts guys. Um, Zell, you, you are prepared this week, right? No. Oh my God. Bates, go ahead and save it. Save the show. Um, I would like to give a shout out, uh, right now to the Super Bowl. So very quickly, I don't care about professional football anymore. When Peyton Manning stopped playing for the Broncos, I, I, I'm done. Um, but right now, the Patriots and the Falcons are tied. It's 28-28. And when I came to do the show, it was 20. It was like 21 uh, nothing with the Falcons up. So obviously something went very, very wrong uh, for the Falcons. And now they're in overtime. Interestingly enough, it is the first overtime uh, football game uh, for a Super Bowl. So that's cool. Um... So, I'm going to give my shout-out to uh, California Pizza Kitchen, which I had not been at in, like, over mm-hmm. a decade. And uh, my uh, my employer uh, gave me a gift card for California Pizza Kitchen uh, during our Christmas party. And uh, so, my friends and I went over and, and had pizza at, at there. And it was good. It was really good. That's that's what I got. You got to get a mellow mushroom. That place is bomb. I get the uh, the mushroom sandwich there. It's really good. Uh, Livy, are you there? Livy is here. What is Libby. your shout out for this week? Livy's uh, shout out. I know it's it's really weird, but it's actually for um, a cosplay uh, regular. Her name is Guinea D, um, and she's been doing uh, like iconic pinup art. Um, she's done like Harry Potter and all kinds of other stuff. I'll have to find the link for you guys, but it's pretty awesome how she takes the pinup pose and then applies it to the Harry Potter and it just looks pretty awesome so that's one to people wanted to go and see her I think her Facebook page is uh, Guinea G-I-N-N-Y cosplay you can see her there very cool all right, and my shout-out is going to be to whoever the hell over at Square Enix got together with a guy from Cup Noodle and said, let's make a sword fork, and then actually made it happen. Um, when I heard about that this week, I was just overjoyed with the stupidity of it, and I've just been so excited to talk about the sword fork, so um, shout-out to that guy. 
but yeah, so um, once again, if you guys have any topics you want us to cover, um, hopefully Thaddeus Reynolds has been very patient. He submitted one like three weeks ago, and we just haven't had a time to get to it. And I, I was going to do it this week, but uh, since Jay wasn't here, I, I did want to hold off on it because I think he'd be um, insightful on the topic. Um, but if you have any other topics you want us to cover, uh, we will be glad to talk about it um, kind of in our, our ending discussion segment. Um, and if you ever want to be on the show to you know join in on those discussions, please let us know, um, and we'll be glad to bring you in to uh, talk about it. So uh, that being said, uh, you know I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. It'll probably be over by the time you listen to this. Um, sounds like it's being a pretty exciting game, uh, but do be safe out there in all of your activities. So uh, again, thanks for tuning in and have a good night.